0: you're listening to the food freedom podcast hosted by me dylan murphy registered dietitian nutritionist food freedom podcast explores the topics of intuitive eating mindset and body respect to help you create a lifestyle of lasting food freedom We believe it's possible to feel confident in your food choices and connected to your body. And here on the Food Freedom Podcast, we will show you how. I'm the owner of Free Method Nutrition, a nutrition coaching practice empowering women to break up with diet culture by teaching them how to trust, respect, and feel safe in their bodies. We welcome all foods over here from kale salads to queso and everything in between. Let's dive in. This episode of Food Freedom Podcast is sponsored by our free method recipe book. It's time that you have a way to create flavor packed meals that you enjoy that also align with your goal of food freedom. This recipe book is designed to support your intuitive eating journey so you can gain confidence in the kitchen. Complete with recipes that emphasize gentle nutrition, you'll find delicious and simple recipes that allow you to win back your time. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash recipe book to get yours today. Welcome back to another episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Today, I am joined by Delina. And Delina is a Spanish-speaking registered dietitian. And she works in the Philadelphia area and virtually across the country, teaching clients how to ditch the diet mentality and keep their culture alive. So Delina, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Food Freedom Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I would love in getting started just for you to take a minute to introduce yourself and tell our audience a little more just about who you are.
1: Yeah. So I am a registered dietitian and I do live in the Philly area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things have gone pretty much virtual <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in the last year or so. I have expanded my practice to be virtual across mm. the country. And I work primarily with the Latinx community, specifically like first generation Latina women or, you know, uh, people that identify as women. And yeah, we kind of just work through this nuance of intuitive eating from that cultural perspective, which feels like it's missed when you're reading mm-hmm. um, the book or even even like downloading guides or listening to podcasts. Mm. There's just so much that sometimes doesn't translate. And so we kind of like work those barriers in trying to get you to ditch diets. Mm, I love that.
0: How long have you been
1: in your practice? Well, I have been a dietitian eight years and uh, I've had my private practice five. Yeah, yeah. That's great. How did you get
0: into just the work? Like, how'd you get into being a dietitian?
1: Yes. I feel like every podcast has to be this. we <laughs> have <laughs> heard this before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's funny. So I actually wanted to be a pediatrician and mm-hmm. I started off school pre-med, but I really dislike exercising. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like first a semester, I needed to have a certain amount of credit and I needed to take a like physical activity class or whatever, mm-hmm. like as one of my um, prerequisites or whatever for freshman year. And my advisors, like all the classes are full because you waited so long long to sign up and I was like "Uh, oh like I don't want to take tennis I don't want to do this yeah and so he was like we can make it work you just take nutrition 101 this semester but like you have to take your physical activity later on and I was like okay (laughs) yeah I was thrown into this nutrition 101 I think I even missed the first class because it was like so late in the like registration you know how you have time to like switch around and stuff Mm -hmm. and I ended up loving it and I actually switched my major right away way like as soon as the class was over like I spoke to my professor who was a dietitian mm-hmm. and I was like I think that this is what I want to do yeah and I just switched and I had no idea what being a dietitian was and mm-hmm. what an internship was <laughs> So no, yes. anything I just was like here yeah, I am
0: <laughs> uh, yes and then it's like great now I have to yeah. apply for this internship yeah. hope I get in Thank yeah you. yeah this is great yeah. oh that's so funny I remember that when I was I think like a freshman I guess I went into school as a nutrition major but still I had no clue what a dietitian was so I don't even know what I was wanting to do with my career as a nutrition major but I was like eh, I'll major in this and then yeah learned what a dietitian <laughs> is <laughs> do you don't
1: learn what a dietitian really does until like Uh, senior
0: year. Yes, yes,
1: so true. And even
0: it's interesting too, because now looking back, I'm like so many of the things that I learned, like calorie counting and all the weight loss things, I'm like, well, that's not what I do either. So (laughs) yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, one thing that, you know, i would mentioned before we hit record that stood out in what I was reading just on your website in the sense of what you learned in school and how that so really went against like what you grew up with in terms of food and culture. And then, I mean, kind of like what we were just mentioning of how we're taught in school, how to basically like put people on diets, calories, don't eat this, don't eat that. So yeah, I would love to hear a little more about that. And even how that kind of then sparked your interest to really in starting your practice and helping people. Like I read when I was talking to your bio, like
1: keep their culture alive with food. Yeah, so I think it was very much a weird space to be in. I was probably one of three or four people of color in the whole entire class. That I was in. And so a lot of the information coming to us was very much statistics of, you know, Mm. Black and Brown folks are higher in this disease and have a higher mortality rate in that disease. And it Mm. always boiled down to like these very specific stereotypes of how we quote unquote ate. And for a while, I was like, this doesn't make sense, but I'm learning that it should make sense, right? Like I didn't know how to make an informed decision about how I felt at that point. Like a part of me knew that this wasn't true because I grew up eating these foods, but a part mm. of me was like, but I'm going to school to learn this. So it has to be true, right? Yeah. So for a while, I always joke around that like I drank that Kool-Aid, right? I was like, mm. I going to go into the community and I'm going to fix, you know, the O rates mm. and I'm going to help everybody not be diabetic, but still eat their food. And like, I was like so determined yeah. to like still keep the culture alive, but still put people on diets and like mm. help them. And it wasn't until I actually, I would say I would go back a little bit. I would get into a lot of arguments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think a lot of professors really liked me because there was always yeah. a pushback from me. like, but have you ever been to one of these communities? Like, have yeah. you ever had my food? Mm. I've always been a, a loud mouth. And my family always jokes around that I should have been a lawyer because I always yeah. have a comeback for everything. And if you're Latino, you know what that means. Because they always like try to pressure you into like not mm. having a voice or not saying mm. how you feel, which I was not like that at all. So <laughs> I ended up graduating and working for a nonprofit before I became a dietitian. Cause you know, we have to go through an internship and all of that. And even though I was ranked, I didn't match and we're not going to mm. get into that, but yeah. I was ranked in the, you know, dietetic internship that I wanted, but I didn't rank them high enough. So we actually didn't mm. match in the process, which yes. ugh, was so uh, frustrating, but I yes. had already gotten into a master's program. So mm. I was like, I might as well just do my master's and then Apply mm-hmm. for for the internship. So that's kind of like what I did. I moved back home. I worked on my masters, and I worked in a nonprofit. And I was a bilingual nutritionist, right? Because mm-hmm. you, I wasn't a dietitian yet. And so I was working in Philadelphia in the Spanish speaking communities. And Mm -hmm. I just like, I knew that there was something wrong. Like there was a piece missing that just wasn't what I learned in school. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of went out and just started researching and and looking up, you know, different things. And that's when I found intuitive eating and kind of like health at every size. Mm -hmm. So even though I knew that my cultural foods weren't the problem, I was Mm -hmm. still prescribing weight loss and I was still saying, but portion control and you know Mm. cook it with like this instead of that and like healthy swaps and you know everything we're taught in school. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, but they can't afford the healthy swaps. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Or, you know, it's really changing the flavor. It's not the same. It doesn't have the same Mm. nostalgia. So there was a lot of inner battle until I was able to like find intuitive eating and like health at every size. And I was like, holy crap, like we can actually do this and really work on whatever, you know, your health goals are and not change your food. Like let's work. On the systemic issues that are happening here. Mm. And so I kind of it took me about like three to four years after graduating to kind of like get to that point. Mm-hmm. And then I started my private practice. And then I kind of have ended up where I am here.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. How have you seen that? So in clients that you've worked with, I guess, even specifically in your private practice, but maybe even before that, like How have you seen that approach that you just described of like making health work, no matter like where you're basically not taking cultural foods away Mm -hmm. from people, like maybe they've been told in the past, how have you seen that impacting the people that you work with?
1: Well, it's always so different for them. They're like, but nobody's Mm -hmm. ever talked to me that way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I always, my approach is always adding instead of restricting, right? So my Mm -hmm. approach is never fear-based. Mm -hmm. And I try to be as positive as I can when I'm Mm -hmm. speaking to people. So I love nutrition. That's why I'm a dietitian. I love how food breaks down in the body. I don't like Mm -hmm. to remember the enzymes or the Krebs cycle, but all of this is super cool. So I try to explain to people how these foods function in their bodies so Mm -hmm. that they understand and aren't afraid, right? So Mm -hmm. when someone comes to me and has diabetes or heart disease or, you know, hypertension, we're talking about why these nutrients, right, are being looked Mm -hmm. at as a possibly a problem, right? And how can we still eat them in a way, adding the nutrition that we want in order to like help manage that chronic issue. And Mm -hmm. I think that It's a very different way of thinking from how the medical world works, right? Everything is so fear-based. Everything is like put a Band-Aid on it. And it's not Mm -hmm. like, let's actually look at the bigger picture and how can we make this sustainable for you? And it's not sustainable to ask someone to cut out their cultural food. It just isn't. So always speaking from a place of, you know, adding and a place of reducing fear that makes all the world of difference.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And so much more, like you said, sustainable, like, those are health habits that people can actually keep up long term versus like, I'm picturing someone in a doctor's office being told they have, you know, hypertension or diabetes Mm -hmm. or something like that. And their doctor's quick to say, like, okay, no more carbs, or like, no more high sodium foods. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure in those moments, the fear behind it, the person's Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, like I have to do this, but like, why, what does that mean? Why are carbs? Like, so I think it's so important people with, like you said, with the passion that you have of like helping them understand like, okay, here's how carbs impact your body. And here's Mm -hmm. why you can still eat carbs. If you have diabetes, like you don't Mm -hmm. have to just get all carbs altogether. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's very freeing for people too to hear a different approach of like, you don't have to let go of these foods that have so much meaning to them beyond just like the nutrient value or the energy they may provide you, yeah.
1: yeah. And I think it's also one of my biggest things. And <laughs> this is where, like, I I have a love hate relationship with TikTok, <laughs> yeah, because of this. So people are always like, well, My dietitian said this, and I'm like, Your mm-hmm. dietitian's white, and she's never ate your food, okay? Mm-hmm. So yeah. they I think that the issue, the bigger picture is that dietetics world, it's, as you know, very white. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people making the decisions have never stepped foot in any of our countries, have never Mm -hmm. ate our food. And yeah. when they are looking at creating these guidelines, they are not taking individual cultures into perspective. Mm-hmm. One, they can't. And two, all they have is the stereotypes that they've learned from yeah. the person before them, from the person before them, but, and, and just a mm-hmm. vicious cycle of a lot of the times racism. So mm-hmm. this idea that like we can't eat our foods is coming from a place of not knowing right? Mm. These people mm-hmm. have never ate our food. They don't know how we cook them. Yeah. They don't even know what kind of nutrition is in a platano because nobody talks about platanos in dietetic school, right? Mm. So it's really hard to kind of educate on that when there's still that pushback of like, but so-and-so said, and I'm like, so-and-so mm. doesn't know what I know. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes.
1: Because uh, I eat and cook these foods still.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is so hard because if they've heard it from someone, whether it's a dietitian or, you know, like a, a doctor who it's easy to put those, mm-hmm people on pedestals of like, Mm -hmm. well, my doctor told me this. Mm -hmm. So like, it must be true. Do you find it like hard or maybe freeing or maybe a little bit of both for like clients that you're working with to wrap their mind around like, okay, so I actually can have these foods,
1: even though I've been told I couldn't. It's very freeing. Once I'm able to explain like, well, this is a nutrition perspective of it. And this is Mm -hmm. how our foods fit into that nutrition. And Mm -hmm. then they're like, holy shit. Oops, sorry. Can I hear? Oh, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> I curse <took> a lot. <laughs> you are but fine. Yeah, they're always like, no one's ever explained it why, And I mm-hmm. think that that's the important part, right? If you've mm-hmm. never had the food, if you've never tasted it, if you've never cooked it, if you don't know the mm-hmm. meaning behind it, mm-hmm. how can you properly educate? And also, mm-hmm. if you are someone who is educating and don't know, ask the questions yeah right be curious Mm -hmm. and i think that that's something that we're not taught in dietetic school we're always taught Mm -hmm. you're right you tell them what to do you're the Mm -hmm. professional instead of saying like no i have no knowledge on what you're Mm -hmm. eating i work with people that are in latinx and i'm like you need to tell me how you cook that because one that sounds delicious (laughs) and two Uh let's see what's in it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, And I I think too, what's important with all of what you're saying is like food. Even if I think about back to like college and in our internship, like really we're taught about food and nutrition from the standpoint of like how it impacts just our physical health. Mm -hmm. And they kind of take out like cultural aspects and Mm -hmm. the family aspect Mm -hmm. and emotional and all of that. And so what I hear is I feel like you're helping people reconnect with all of the different aspects of health and seeing like what you eat, what you put in your body, what you choose to not eat is so much more than just like the physical benefits yeah. that it has. Yeah.
1: And mm. there's so, and mental health is also important. You yeah. Know, I think that it has to be a holistic approach. It can't just be like, this is what you eat and that's the end of mm. it. Yeah.
0: So for people listening who maybe have been told in the past from, you know, doctors, dietitians, random influencers on TikTok, <laughs> not to eat certain foods that are so, you know, have been so much a part of their culture growing up. What would be something that you would want them to hear or to kind of take away?
1: Yeah. So I think that, again, a lot of this information is coming from a fear-based place, but mm-hmm. Google what ingredients are in your food. I mm-hmm. will venture to say that, if you Google it from a place of like not looking at food labels, but more of like how you cook it and just ingredients, you'll notice that your mm-hmm. meals are probably very diverse. They might not mm-hmm. look like a my plate picture, which again <laughs> is not how people usually eat, yeah. but you'll notice that it probably has carbs, it probably mm-hmm. has protein, it probably has fats, it probably has veggies and fiber and mm-hmm. nutrients and all of these things that as a dietitian, we want you to be eating, but it doesn't look like. What you know the USDA guidelines are saying it should look like, but you're yeah. still getting it,
0: yes, yes. And even with that, it sounds like you know, doing your own research instead of just mm-hmm. listening to what you know some doctor provider, person online is telling you. because and a lot of that, like you mentioned, is coming from more of that like fear-based perspective. Yeah, that's so good. So, One question I love to ask all of our guests is what is one of your favorite food memories? Because I think kind of like we've even talked about in this episode, I think, you know, we live in a society that wants to take any sense of like joy and culture and family out of food and make it very just Mm -hmm. black and white, eat this, don't eat this. So I love hearing what people's favorite food memories are, or one of them. I'm sure there's
1: many. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like it's always around a holiday. So I think one of my favorite holidays mm-hmm. for food, um, it's probably Easter or Semana Santa, which is Holy Week. But I feel like the rest of the year, even for parties, we usually eat the same foods, right? Like most parties, you have the same like staples, but mm-hmm. for Semana Santa, there's always like more. There's like fish, there's certain desserts that we eat during that week or on specific mm-hmm. days there's like different salads and things that we do. So I feel like there's so much more diversity during Easter. So like, I just love eating, <laughs> I just love going to my mom's house and like eating all the food because it's not what we usually eat. Yeah, <laughs> It's a very, it's like, she has a very set menu for just that day. And I just love it. <laughs> mm,
0: I love that. I feel like that makes, I mean, food around the holidays. I agree. I feel like it's so special because it is certain foods that you don't have like mm-hmm. all year round. And then you're like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I yeah. forgot how much it's I like
1: love a one thing. year thing. And you're yes. like, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. So Delina, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? If they want to work with you, um, how can people find you?
1: Yeah. So I am over on Instagram, uh, at your.latina.nutritionist and TikTok It's the same thing without the dots. And my website is your latina nutrition
0: awesome awesome and we'll make sure all of that's linked in the show notes I know you have a free guide as well would you mind telling our listeners just a little bit about that
1: yeah so if you follow me or if you start following me you know that I call all of my followers chulas which is a cute little like endearing term that we use in spanish Mm. and my guide is actually called the chula method because it's my framework that kind of like Mm. walks you through food freedom by using the chula method which is five steps i love that so it's a little acronym for you (laughs) So yeah, so you could remember that. Yeah, you can download the guide, um, get your little wallpaper so you could have that little acronym with you and kind of like challenge diet Mm -hmm. culture every day. Mm,
0: I love that. And we'll definitely make sure that's linked as well so people can get that downloaded. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and out of your week to come on this show. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Nutrition for more inspiring content on food freedom, intuitive eating, body respect, and many other things. If you're curious how you can support our podcast and help it to reach more people like you, we would love if you would take a minute to rate and review the show. We drop new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you always catch our latest conversations. See you next episode. Are you ready to master your mindset and take your health habits to the next level? We created our free method shop with those goals in mind. In our shop, you'll find our Freedom Journal and Elevate Affirmation cards. Our Freedom Journal is a mindset and gratitude journal that will be the perfect addition to your health and wellness journey. Complete with journal prompts and reflection questions, this journal will help you turn your goals into lasting habits. Each journal page is broken into five sections, affirmations, gratitudes, what you're learning, what you need to let go of, and what you need to hold on to. The perfect addition to our Freedom Journal are our Elevate Affirmation Cards. These affirmation cards come with 31 mantras, prompts, and encouragements to elevate your relationship with food and body. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash store to order yours today.